I'm Alex Marlowe, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast, a huge news weekend with three blockbuster stories. First, a child predator that Kentonji Brown Jackson let out of prison after only a few months admitted that he knew he got a lenient sentence because the possible future Supreme Court justice was looking out for him. It's sick, but will it actually jeopardize her nomination? It should, but it probably won't, and partially because the news cycle got gobbled up twice since then. First, Big Joey the Biden called Vladimir Putin a butcher and then called for regime change in Russia. This is yet again another indication Biden harbors an apparent desire for World War III, which of course would almost certainly become nuclear. And luckily for all of us, though, apparently no one on earth took him seriously, and his puppet masters eventually talked him into taking it back by the end of the weekend. I give you all the details and why it's very scary. And last but not least, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. Was it staged? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. But I explain why I think it happened and why it matters and that it says something so much deeper about the state of free speech in America and the pathetic nature of Hollywood at this moment. We get into a big discussion of this with our guest, Amanda Milius, who is not just the director of the terrific Plot Against the President movie, but she's also the daughter of Academy Award nominee John Milius. It's a terrific conversation, though I will tell you, Amanda does get canceled during the interview, and you'll have to listen to find out why. All that, plus our caller of the day, but first, a word from our sponsors. We'll begin with the biggest story, and there are some stories that are hotter at the moment, and we'll get to those two. But we will begin with the biggest story, and the biggest story is that Joe Biden basically put the United States of America in a line for nuclear war. And he did it with a speech that he gave in Warsaw, Poland. The speech took place on Saturday. And let us play the relevant clip. This is cut two. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase a people's love for liberty. Brutality will never grind down their will to be free. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia, for free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. So he had just met with refugees, and I'm sure he had surveyed the situation, and he saw probably a lot of things that made him upset. And this is apparently an ad lib or something off the cuff. I don't know if that's true. There might be some sort of scripting that's taking place. But he said flat out that Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. So if Joe Biden is considered a credible person, and if the world takes Joe Biden at his word then Joe Biden just laid out a path for the United States of America and just about everyone else to go engage with a hot war with nuclear Russia. So um, our producer Greg will tell you that the, when he said this, I texted him right away and I said, well, I guess now that Biden's basically said that we're going to be having nuclear war with Russia, we should probably reconsider the way we're framing certain topics on the show, which guests we're booking, et cetera. Uh, but for God's sakes, this man cannot stay in power. For God's sakes, for God, for God, for God, Joe Biden will remove Vladimir Putin from power. 
Um, what's going to replace Vladimir Putin if Joe Biden removes him? Who's he going to be? Is he going to get um, can you get Elizabeth Warren over there? Maybe she could be president of Russia. It's just going to be someone who's very similar to Putin. So just keep that in mind. I'm not saying the world wouldn't benefit overall, potentially. But uh, phrasing it that way is a pretty clear message to Putin that uh, he, Joe Biden wants to remove him. I would argue this is somewhat irresponsible. I think it was, in fact, majorly irresponsible. And the only thing that keeps it from being super duper duper ridiculously irresponsible, Joe Biden would say this, is because I don't think anyone believes Joe Biden. I don't know if Joe Biden believes Joe Biden. It is the only saving grace in this. And it's interesting because I think some people, or let's not say some people, I think there was a point in time that was sort of pre-Trump where if American president said this, then this would have sent ripples throughout the world. And I think this did to a degree. But how many of you actually believed what Joe Biden said? Do you believe that Joe Biden, when he said it on Saturday, if you're following the news, that we really were on the cusp of nuclear war? Because with that rhetoric, he is. I mean, Vladimir Putin, who is not in a particularly strong state right now, but if he was, then would he not be in a position to react to that statement? The president of the United States says that I must be removed from power for the sake of God. Um, If I was Putin and I took Joe Biden seriously, I would think that was a very aggressive thing to say. But it's toothless. And there's no pun intended because Joe Biden clearly wears dentures. It, 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 the statement had no teeth. Joe Biden has no teeth. That's coincidental, though. Those are totally separate things. Both have no teeth. But no one really believed Joe Biden was going to go to nuclear war at this point. But that said, you can't talk like that. You just can't do it. Because it does create, words do matter. And it could create a precedent for a, another adversary who's in a better spot and is engaged in a fight that has more popular support in his own country or globally, where if you have a guy popping off recklessly like Joe Biden, or even worse, if that was scripted in the line that it was off the cuff was just some sort of phony baloney nonsense when the line didn't test as well afterwards, uh, this guy is going to bumble us into war. And online, you got a fair bit of a clown show from people like neocon extraordinaire Bill Crystal, who actually compared the speech and the line itself even to Ronald Reagan's tear down this wall speech. This is the exact tweet that he fired off. Gaffs by U.S. presidents per the foreign policy establishment. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power from Joe Biden. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall from Ronald Reagan. Actually, the Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall line was considered controversial um, when Reagan said it in West Berlin, 1987. It was considered controversial. But obviously that one's aged like a fine wine. This one from Biden aged like a banana because by late Sunday night, he'd taken it back. So to pull it back, Ma be, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. So now he says he doesn't want regime change in Russia after all. It is 
the peace through strength mentality is about speaking softly and carrying a big stick. It's the best way to go through life. It just is. Part of the reason why Donald Trump's foreign policy was so successful, even though he had no foreign policy experience, was that he had the combination of acting purely rationally for America's behalf, which he really gets credit for this because he's often quite rational, and he gave the world the impression he might be crazy enough to do something uh, really intense and over the top. It was perfect, pitch perfect. Periodically, you know, you bomb something in Syria for 15 minutes or you take out an ISIS terrorist with a drone. Keeps the whole world on edge. And in the meantime, you make sure you don't go to war. A-plus foreign policy for Trump. And for those of you who want me to uh, praise Trump every second of the day, uh, uh, hopefully it's slightly more credible when I do praise him because it is, you know, I'm not afraid to say something negative if something negative comes up. And Trump, historically speaking, would be one of the most important figures, you know, maybe probably the most important figure of the century. So I'm trying to be credible when I talk about Trump. But A plus, a foreign policy from Trump. And then you get stuff like this from Big Joey, the Biden cut 10, please go. Each one of those children said something that's like, say a prayer for my dad or my grandfather or my brother. He's back there fighting. And uh, I remember what it's like when you have someone in a war zone. Every morning you get up and you wonder. You just wonder. You pray you don't get that phone call. And uh, they're an amazing group of people. So what, what do you make of the war Make you I think it ended some of these cities like Mariupol. It's got, you know, they've got nothing. Oh, they got nothing. I met two people from Mariupol. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's astounding. What were the commitments this, what is this? I mean, Ukraine? you see this and you're, you know, you're dealing every day with Vladimir Putin. And look at what he's done to these people. What does it make you think? He's a butcher. He's a, wow, man, he's tough. He's a butcher. Putin's a butcher. We're going to remove him from power. So what's he going to do about it? He needs to sanction the right stuff. It took him a month to go and have a meeting with NATO. It did make me think immediately that it is time to try to uh, reconsider NATO. Um, either get out of it or replace it with something else. It's hard to get out of these things because then you just let the bad guys, the incompetents run them completely. This is the issue with the UN Security Council. Like if America pulls out, at least for a while, it's going to exist. The UN in general. So the choice is between us pulling out of the UN or the UN existing without America's influence. So neither of those are perfect. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're choosing that it exists without our influence or we can stay in and then influence it even though we don't like it. NATO is becoming very similar. And Trump, again, for his A-plus foreign policy, exposed NATO for everyone underpaying but America. And he got a lot of people to catch up. Germany in particular was not paying their fair share. Talk about not paying your fair share. So um, many people around, not just Bill Crystal, so many, so many people out there all in on the, this was his tear down this wall moment. So if so, what are we going to do to make sure that the regime change happens with Putin? Uh, people like Emmanuel Macron around the world were saying it's too much. And eventually he walked it back. So good news, he pulled us back from the brink. But what signal does that send to Putin? What signal does that send to Xi Jinping? We have a, a president who's incapable of controlling himself, 
or we have someone who talks tough, it doesn't mean anything, and then when there's enough bad tweets written about him, then he'll take it back. So he was asked later on, do you want Putin removed? And he said no, and then he got in a limousine. All right, so now he's pulling it back. It was one of those moments where I was out with my family, and I heard the Biden said this, and I was thinking, do I need to race back to the computer, which was a constant thing in um, the Obama and Trump eras for me. Now I think I've got my staff more coached up, Breitbart, and I've got all these little, little kids running around. So it's more complicated to race back to the computer. But I was thinking, do I need to race back to the computer to deal with this story? And then I, what won out was I know Joe Biden, and Joe Biden is not serious. And I think everyone else knows that around the world all the world leaders. Christina Wong has a ridiculously important piece up at Breitbart.com from over the weekend. Biden's order to get the effing asses in seats contributed to the August 26 Afghanistan attack that killed 13 Americans. We frame this from scenes from Biden's last war on the front page of Breitbart. Military leaders, Christina White, writes for us at Breitbart, claim that August 26, 2021 attack in Afghanistan that killed 13 American service members at the Hamid Karzai International Airport's Abbey Gate was not preventable. However, sources who are on the ground, as well as recently released Army a recently released Army investigative report, say that President Biden's order to evacuate as many people as possible contributed to the attack. Based on our investigation on the tactical level, this was not preventable, U.S. Army Central Command Lieutenant General Ron Clark, the lead investigator, told reporters at a briefing on his findings. However, his report was released via, freedom, uh, via the Freedom of Information Act to the Washington Post in February and said that one of its key findings was, quote, the attack was not preventable at the tactical level without demanding the mission to maximize the number of evacuees, close quote. A U.S. government source was on the ground during the evacuation and close to officials conducting it, told Breitbart in an interview that Biden had directed them to, quote, get asses in seats, close quote, in order to get as many people on the planes out of Kabul as possible. The mid-evacuation order led to the ballooning of the non-combatant evacuation operation scale, which the military would fulfill at great risk. Quote, it was basically the second day, you know, the President of the United States called. I didn't talk to him not saying I talked to him, but I heard the conversation. He was like, I want effing asses in seats. And it goes on to elaborate on how us urgently trying to increase the evacuations of non-combatants was ultimately what put us at great risk and then ultimately led to this massive uh, loss of American life. 13 service members and all killed. At least 39 more were wounded. So this is what this is what the botch foreign policies look like, and that's on a much minor scale than what we could be witnessing if Biden mishandles the Ukraine-Russia situation. Another major story on the domestic level that came out over the weekend is the sex offender, or one of the many sex offenders, but the one who's been getting a lot of notoriety for getting a three-month prison sentence from Kintanji Brown Jackson said she knew this was going to hold me back, so she didn't really want to add on to that. Wow. 
John Bender writes for Richard Breitbart, the registered sex offender who was given three months in prison by Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, nominated for the Supreme Court by President Joe Biden, speaking out and seemingly thanking the judge for her lenient sentence in the case. In 2013, Jackson sentenced then 19-year-old Wesley Hawkins to three months in prison and three months of home confinement and a few years of supervision because he possessed child porn of boys aged 8 to 12 depicting sex acts. He had 17 videos and 16 images that were found. Sentencing guidelines from the federal government were 8 to 10 years prison, but he had a lack of criminal history and prosecutors requested just two years in prison. The defense said single day in jail and five years of supervision. So the prosecution wanted two years and Judge Jackson came in and said, you know what we're doing? We're gonna go with three months. He said in an interview with the Washington Post that he found himself feeling sympathy for the judge. He said, I wasn't very happy that she gave me three months, though after reflection when I was in jail, I was hearing from other people who said it was their first time arrested and they got five or six years. I feel that she chose to take into consideration the fact that I was just getting started in life. And she knew this was going to hold me back for years to come. So she didn't really want to add on to that. Pretty interesting that we had a judge who under-sentenced a person to that massive degree, and he knew when he was in jail, he was aware that he got a lenient sentence. The perp himself knew that he gotten let off the hook by Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson for possessing videos that depict child rape in them and images. So this is a remarkable thing to admit and something that I think should be disqualifying in my opinion. Recall uh, Jackson did not say if she regrets the decision. She said instead, what I regret is that in a hearing about my qualifications to be justice on the Supreme Court, we spent a lot of time focusing on the small subset of my sentences that I've tried to explain. Translated, she regrets that the hearing about her record is actually about her record. She would prefer the hearing be about, I don't know, recipes, uh, children, grandchildren, Game of Thrones. She'd rather talk about that, you know? She'd rather talk about the NFL. She doesn't want to talk about a record because her, if we talk about a record, this stuff is going to come up. That she let a guy off the hook who possessed child rape images and videos, and even he knew he was getting a great deal. So a lot of Republican senators are demanding more information on this case. And I hope that they get it. But more importantly, I hope that none of them vote for her confirmation. I think this is disqualifying. Not to mention, I, I've been saying from the start, her embrace of CRT and uh, critical race theory and uh, the 1619 Project to me are all anti-Constitution. So if you're anti-Constitution, then I don't think you could be a Supreme Court justice. I also think her lack of quality answers have shown that she is a not a uh, a some sort of gigantic legal mind. And I think we deserve to seek out better. Now, am I naive to the fact that whoever is the next pick will be just as bad 
if not worse. I know that. But it's still important. There's something sacred in this country. And if any Republicans support a person who let people who possessed images of children who were being raped and they got a lenient sentence to the point where they knew they got a lenient sentence and talked it over with the other uh, uh, jailbirds. I think that's something that probably is good enough to say we can, we can go somewhere else. We can look elsewhere for our Supreme Court justices. That's just my take. 866-95-PATRIOT if you would like to opine on that. I think that's a watershed moment. I really do. A um, couple other things to plug. John Nolte's a big piece with the Hunter Biden laptop whistleblower, John Paul Mac Isaac. Uh, we wanted to catch up with him because he, of course, was subject to intense scrutiny and even death threats after the media lied about the Hunter Biden story. Uh, the laptop acting as though it was Russian disinformation. He was some sort of a Russian asset. Someone who was propped up by Rudy Giuliani or something. Wasn't a real person. Some sort of an a, a actor. Because Hunter Biden was so, you know, incompetent that he left his laptop. So he had the laptop from hell and everyone said all sorts of horrible things about him. And it's just interesting to get his perspective after the latest admissions by the establishment media that the that story, which was framed as the fakest of fake news, um, is actually real news. So super interesting. John Nolte has got the, it's a full transcript. So it's a good, good long read. Um, it's enjoyable to get the unfiltered um, words. All right, we'll get to it. This is the one that everyone is talking about now as we're having this conversation. I can't tell you how many calls and, and uh, tweets and texts and all that stuff that people uh, were. Uh, the, any of you who tuned into the Oscars yesterday or had any sort of media on in your house, you would be aware that Will Smith on the stage of the Oscars slapped Chris Rock over a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife. Um, I think we've got, I think we've got the audio of the joke. So here is, let, let's play cut eight and then I'll fill in the rest of the detail. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane too. can't wait to see it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. You put my name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. No! I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I could, oh, okay. So here's the joke. The joke is about how Jada Pinkett Smith doesn't, has a shaved head, um, but it's not shaved. She's alopecia and it is, means that her body hair has fallen out. The G.I. Jane was a movie from the 90s where Demi Moore plays a, I think it was a Navy SEAL. And that's what uh, producer Greg is telling me. And I knew I knew it was a, a armed forces member of some kind. I didn't see it, but it's a, she shaves her head in the middle of the movie because she's, I guess, shedding her femininity. And um, I guess the joke by Chris Rock is that uh, Jada Pinkett Smith could star in it because she has no hair, but she's no hair because she's got a disease. So it was one of these unbelievable moments where it is kind of a, a low blow of a joke, I guess, like making fun of your wife's uh, or making fun of someone's wife's 
alopecia, I guess, would not be something I'd be thrilled about. But it is a joke. And these are artists and actors who typically used free speech. And we know that Chris Rock's up there. He's going to be roasting people. I certainly would have written the, wouldn't have written this joke out. But Will Smith then goes up and then slaps with an open hand Chris Rock across the face. And there's a lot of debate on whether or not it was staged or not. And I'm in the camp that it wasn't staged simply because of the screaming that Will Smith did afterwards. The screaming suggested that he was really upset. And I get that, but he, the get up there, like, I mean, this just reminds you when Kanye got up and hijacked that award show and was saying that Beyonce had the greatest video of all time and took the mic from Taylor Swift. It was a kind of one of those moments where I, I can't believe this is actually happening. Is it actually happening or is there something else going on? Um, I think it's real. And then the whole world was uh, just in, in, in total meltdown on the Internet. The hottest take, the most unbelievable take was from Ayanna Presley from the squad, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, who also has alopecia. And she tweeted hashtag alopecia nation stand up. Thank you. Hashtag Will Smith. Shout out to all the husbands who defend their wives living with alopecia in the face of daily ignorance and insults. Hashtag Oscars. Women with baldies are for real men only only boys need not apply. And then she tweets a picture with uh, a guy. I don't know who the guy is. I'm guessing someone she's involved with. And then I think there's another squad member, Jamal Bowman, who uh, tweeted support for the assault. <laughs> I mean, he went up and hit him. I mean, you're not even, it's not even legally allowed. The LAPD is apparently looking into it. I don't think they're going to, they're going to do anything, but they did uh, put out a message. The LAPD is investigating entities that are aware of an incident between two individuals during the Academy Awards program. The incident involved one individual slapping another's face, and then the individual has declined to find a uh, declined to file a police report. So I don't know. I mean, I'm a big free speech guy, but I think your right to speak freely stops when you're making jokes about my woman's hair. Then I can't handle that. You're getting slapped. I don't know. Maybe I, probably not. Probably not getting slapped. Then in a increasingly surreal moment, Will Smith won the Best Actor Academy Award, which was predicted for King Richard, which is a movie about Venus and Serena Williams' dad. And then he said that, I think his, his quote was, Richard Williams was known for defending his family. So again, indicating that it wasn't totally staged. It seems like he kind of meant it. But it pretty classless to go up and smack someone in the face. But then again, it was a classless joke too. My take overall is that I just found it to be a pretty unbelievable in terms of how the Oscars has no ratings. No one has seen any of the movies. Uh, the movies have grossed, I think, $10 million at the box office, the Best Picture nominees, since they were nominated. A movie called Coda won the Best Picture. I've only heard about this because I unfortunately had to go to the Apple store, um, and it's an Apple movie, and it's advertised on every single computer screen in the store. So maybe it's great. I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't heard anything about it. It's funny because I'm sure no one was watching any of this live, but then everyone probably tuned in now. So then now are people going to care about the Oscars or is this the biggest shark jump from the Oscars? The Oscars itself was also apparently quite political. It had some kind of stupid political jokes about the Florida don't say gay bill, which is not about saying gay. You're allowed to say gay all you want. It's not allowed to indoctrinate kids into the sort of trans hysteria movement that we're in. And all the celebrities didn't wear masks, even though L.A. preschools still have masks on. So that was another angle. 
And it just seemed like there was a, a, a one political joke after the next, which it made sense to me because who's watching the Oscars at this point? You guys aren't watching it. You guys haven't watched it for years. So since there's only probably maybe 10 million people watching and almost all of them are going to be lefties, then then they can make political jokes at this point. I don't care. I mean, because no one's tuning in anyway. So who are they going to insult? They're just, it's just a show for each other. And clearly a tense show at that. Chris Rock is getting slapped by Will Smith. I don't know if I can go much deeper than that, but I think it is unbelievable that we are now at this point where you've got the classics jokes and then the classless reactions and the political jokes. It's just so awkward. It's, it, 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 this is over. This is over, I think. Or maybe the Oscars is back now. Maybe we'll be tuning in. Certainly the one I was most excited about. Uh, but I, I think it could have been the best Oscars ever just because there was so much Encanto talk. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Amanda Milius is on the show. Very few people on the show have family members who've been nominated for Academy Awards. Amanda is one of them, also as a filmmaker in her own right, and always has a entertaining and insightful take on Hollywood, being that you grew up in it and knows it better than just about all of my guests. Uh, and we get into a thorough discussion of the Oscars, which I assigned to her, and I was somewhat shocked that it turned out to be super interesting, but it was interesting. And here's our discussion. Let's roll it perfect person for many reasons to talk about the Oscars last night. And I had no clue it would actually be interesting, Amanda, when we talked about being on, but it turned out it was interesting. And I'll just start with this premise. I'm all for free speech, but if you make an alopecia joke, I'm going to slap you in front of millions of people. and I'm going to get away with it. <laughs> I know. I can't believe uh, we really didn't know. Like we thought it was just going to be like another, you know, same old Oscar thing. I was anticipating a lot more stupid Ukraine speeches and like yeah, way right. tackier, like yellow and blue ribbons and stuff. Um, that's about where I thought it was going to go. And then here we have this whole new Oscars ready for us, which like I was saying, if they take up like hockey did and sort of allow fights, like kind of like they say they don't, but they're like, well, it's, you know, it's, how the sports played. Um, uh, I'll start watching it again on purpose, like for sure. Yeah. I mean, that'll get yeah. me. If, that's, if that was their plan, like I will watch fighting Oscars. But, um, but yeah, no, that was completely insane. I mean, like there's no way in the world, like what would happen? I just like my two like opposite characters last night were obviously like Will Smith and the whole, Kevin Hart thing uh, and Chris Rock, I mean, Chris Rock thing. And then I have the Kevin Costner deliver the speech that he did, which was like an old school, like actual fondness for cinema, you know, just incredibly poignant, beautiful speech. I just, it was just such a shocking, like it was just the difference between then and now and just made it all the more clear. So, so this is what uh, I really kind of want your take on this because you grew up around Hollywood. You weren't, you know, I don't think necessarily in it personally growing up, but you were, were very close to it. And um, I, it seems like 
the movies, the the age of movies being the centerpiece of the culture is officially over. It probably ended around 2019. And, and now we're in this really awkward moment where a lot of us still really like movies and kind of root for movies. But there's this whole industry of people that have been told their whole lives you're the most important people on the planet. And you can almost sense the frustration when you watch these award shows that, you know, they went back to politics, which I took as a sign that they've admitted that your audience and my audience, our, our core audiences, uh, are are not tuning in at all. Like They don't care at all. Like they're completely gone because if they were there yeah. at all, they, they would they would not be doing the politics. And I, I found something very sad watching parts of it last night. It's it, not to say that wasn't a delight to me. It was. But it was there was a sadness to the whole uh, the, there the was. Charade. It was dark. I gotta say, dark MAGA has meme magic because that was dark Oscars. I mean, that was just like totally dark. Um, there was nothing glamorous. I mean, absolutely. That was the thing. Is that so? First, you have like the chaos of the slap and all of that. But even just surrounding that, forget that that even happened. All you were presented with is like ugliness and sort of normalness and like just everything was mundane. Like the thing that struck me was at I had spent the half hour prior to the Oscars coming on sort of tweeting and retweeting my followers favorite pictures from the Oscars because we were like, you know, let's have a little glamour. It's Oscar night. Um, and so we were retweeting all these pictures of like oh i'm obsessed obviously with like elizabeth taylor and grace kelly and like just Mm -hmm. like these like incredible creatures who by the way and this is something else i always go i harp on because it's not just hollywood and the actors and the people that are in charge now that are actually responsible for this i have to blame a little bit my dad's generation, even though they themselves were quite a glamorous generation and the 70s uh, and 80s Oscar, Oscars were, you know, I mean, just phenomenal. But, um, but uh, they killed the studio system. And I understand why, but I've, I've always said I've yet to be presented with the movie that the indie system created that's better than what the studio system created. Like, I just haven't seen it yet. And there's something to be said about seeing these, not necessarily just women, but like men and women who were these sort of breathtaking creatures that were somehow, even if just, you know, character actors, they just, they were a little bit more something than the average person you saw at the bodega down the street. Now we are presented with Basically, and I can tell you, you know, I can get into it, you know, another time of why this happened and and the changing in in who decided who was cast and what and and the changing of the guard. But you open it to those three women, and it's like Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and like somebody else. And like it was just so drab and like ugly, and like ugliness like put on display to tell you that like. It's the Oscars, and you're still not allowed to want for aesthetic beauty. You have to watch this, and these women are amazing, and they're better than you, and they're great, and you better enjoy this. And you're like, this is insane. This is just the ugliest. They want to demoralize you with ugliness. And that was before just the you know on-air breakdown of a man who 
you know, weirdly, I have like I, I just waver every second how I feel about the Will Smith thing because sure. part of me, as I said last night, so I ended up um, I didn't want to, but I and I couldn't stop myself. I ended up like live tweeting the whole thing because it was so insane. <laughs> um, but I got to this part where I was like, this actually might be one of the most honest Hollywood relationships we're seeing play out on screen, which is. One person goes slowly insane and the other person spends all the money and lets it happen and just nothing happens. Like it's like it's like Joan it's like a Joan Didion novel ending. Like there's and then it just keeps going. The horrificness keeps going. Nothing stops. Like there's the way that he just he won the award right after that, you're like, Yeah, this is the this is the culmination of the Didion prescription for California where it's like Horrible things happen. People go insane on television in front of everyone and nothing happens and people keep going. It's like, um, uh, you know. So, so okay, so I, I, this is one of the things I wanted to, to bounce off you, uh, mostly tongue-in-cheek, but somewhat seriously. If, if another actor, if someone who, I, I don't know, John Voight or someone, he's a little older, but like if, if ah, someone who maybe, yeah. maybe was a little more not, uh, everyone has to treat them with, with kid gloves in Hollywood, had gone up and slapped another comic who was half his size. Like, would would that would John Voight have just been able to just sit down and just everyone act like you know it's kind of whoa that was exciting that was kind of interesting. No, it would have been but, it would have been the end of his career. He would have yeah, been arrested. It would have been like a whole right. thing. The it cops would have, would have been, shown up. The cops. They would have been like, oh my god, this is a dangerous man. Like blah blah blah. Um, yeah. And they certainly wouldn't have just handed him the Best Actor Award right after. That would not, you know, uh, a few minutes later. Like, it, it truly would not. There's no way it would have happened. I mean, it's it's almost hard to talk about the incident without really venturing into some, like, cancelable territory. But you're like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people that would be allowed to do that. Um, and the only, like I said, I... I, your heart kind of breaks for him because nobody wants to see, like, unless you're a sick person, no one wants to see someone have something related, something, something uh, similar to a breakdown on stage in front of millions of people because anyone with a soul is like, that's horrible, that sucks, that's sad, that's terrible. There's no way, you know, assuming it's real, that that, that feels good to someone who we've all watched on a screen for many years. But at the same time, you know, you're you're opening up territory, and I don't even know if this is the point because I don't believe anything that comes out of Hollywood or DC anymore. So I have to question. I think everything might potentially mm-hmm. be some psyop to mess with my mind. But but if it what it normalizes, and I, I read this read this morning, and I was like, yes, that's what I was concerned about. It normalizes hitting comics who say things that offend you. Whether it's about your wife and whether it's a personal thing and you know the guy and you've been to his house and like whatever, whatever they're trying to present from Hollywood, it sets up this dichotomy where you're like, oh, well, remember, I mean, if if he says something that really pisses you off, you can get up there and hit him. And I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, well, this, this is this is the of. thing, Amanda. Yeah, this is the thing, and is this is the you know we're trying to carry the torch for a generation that you know values freedom and free speech and um the, the, to the best of our ability. And there's a lot of equivocating going on that if someone makes a joke about like a 25 year old dated joke about 
G.I. Jane, a family member, then that's grounds for publicly assaulting someone. And No, it like, absolutely th- th- is not. It's ridiculous. It's insane. The only thing I could think of, even and even then, I think it would have to be handled differently. Because like I said, otherwise you're opening up hitting comics if they offend you or your wife. Um, the rules used to be you had to sit there and take it. Like it was like a roast, you know? I mean, it was almost like... Yes one of those roasts. But um, the one thing I was saying is, I guess she's always admitted she had alopecia. And so I can understand why that would be sort of like a very touchy territory, even though obviously as everyone's making the jokes, uh, you know, less, less damage came to the guy that was having an affair with her. That was like her son's age. Um, But what if it's worse than that? What if now maybe there's something, there's another reason she's shaving her head? Like, I was just thinking, I'm like, well, like, they could have a very complicated family. Maybe she had, like, God, I hope this isn't the case. I'm just saying, like, what if she had a recent cancer diagnosis or something and had, like, they didn't tell people and she shaved her head because she had to do chemotherapy or something like that? Like, that would be a situation where I would be like, okay, I mean, I still think it's not an okay precedent to set because it's insane, but I'm trying to think of reasons why that would have happened. And I mean, most people are positing that he's just got so much misplaced anger because he's yeah. basically been, you know, cuckolded in front of the entire world and his open Hollywood family that he's just angry sure. and it's all misplaced and crazy. Well, well, and I think this is the, this is important to address is that it came out this year that I guess she'd had an affair or they have an open marriage and people had always kind of speculated that their marriage was, there was something going on. And then um, this happened this year, but again, this was his coronation. He needed to keep it together. And that's why I think a lot of people are thinking maybe it was staged. I don't think it was staged. I think it's a possibility, but it doesn't, He's screaming at the end. I mean, you're right. It was his coronation because it was, he's been trying since, I don't even remember if he has another Oscar, but he's been trying to be taken seriously as an actor. Um, Every couple of years or so, he takes one of these extremely serious roles in between the action roles, which must be a very luxurious thing to be able to do. Yeah. To make your Good life. however many millions of dollars on the action movie and then be like, I'm actually going to do this think piece about like you know uh uh wealth disparity in america and win an oscar um but um but that's the dream i mean frankly that's the actor dream right to like make like be scarlett johansson make all your money as like you know spider vixen x or whatever and then uh, (laughs) have a kid and and make something that uh you know a younger Meryl Streep might appear in or something like that that's that is the the dream um so yes this was a coronation of sorts um i mean i guess that's a lot of pressure i mean not for somebody like him it's the, i think he's been just dri- driven slowly insane i think that like yeah, he's, i think, that's I, think what it is. I think good people in hollywood go kind of insane it, it, it's been one of the reasons why i'm reluctant to just totally slam him um because seeing someone go nuts in hollywood is is not like i don't know i just i i have a yeah of course and, and he's real... been a star he's been a star for you know 30 years he's been a household name he's been one of the most beloved actors i, I understand that that's pressure i get it but i'm just ta- I, i'm i'm so struck by how some people who are you know ostensibly against violence are it just it, when it we lose sight it just, just didn't even happen 
Yeah. When we lose sight of what, what it means to be for free speech, if you're for free speech, you're for speech you you disagree with you're for really unfunny bad jokes about your family members you know what that's a perfectly good way to put it if you're like a hundred if you're a free speech purist you are going to sit there and listen to jokes about your wife in whatever medical condition is happening and it's the other person's job to be tasteful you know you sit there and take it and then it's the audience's job to be like oh that was in bad taste that was not good um But you can't just get up there and uh, it's just totally nuts. It's totally, totally nuts. Yet, you know, I don't like to it just nobody should. I don't, just don't revel in watching people go insane in Hollywood. But at the same time, I mean, they're Amanda, Amanda it's, ga- it's game on for you and I get slapped in public now, by the way, because 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 we're giving takes people don't like. I mean, it's like if anyone comes up and sees it's just game saying. on. That's the big that's 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 what's wrong with it is that it's basically saying yes anyone who offends you just as will smith america's dad uh uh can go up on stage at the oscars the thing that drives me nuts about it when people were asking last night where they're like do you think that was real or not of course i mean i'm sitting here in washington dc i haven't my family hasn't been invited to the oscars since like 1984 um but um, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I don't know, but I do know several people who have produced um, massive award shows, uh, including the Oscars, uh, people I've known throughout my life, uh, not these days, but in the past. And um, these, these things are rehearsed down to the last technicality. There is no way, if that was unexpected, that the security didn't know that Will Smith was not meant to be walking up that, that catwalk at that moment and they let it happen. So something, so that, I don't know what to make of that, but it's that there's something to that. Like there's no way, maybe they have some rule where like some people are allowed to like, mm-hmm. okay, they're just gonna, they're going to do a little ad living here, but like uh, a little improv, but like, I don't really think there's room for Oscars for improv. I just, there's unexpected moments. Like, sure, they used to pride themselves on that. Yeah. But um, I, it was a long walk. It was a long walk with no security involvement for that whole stretch. <laughs> and that's, a, that's I, not a, I mean, that's not a small thing. Like, those are huge, massive stars back there. Like, yeah. like you know, being somebody who's worked in, you know, advanced for, the president going to events uh, and worked with some of the, I mean, frankly, before I came to Washington, D.C., I worked with some of the larger stars in, in, in uh, Hollywood on various small and medium and large productions. And the amount of security, like you don't just get to walk up to a movie star of any sort and, and get within slapping distance. But I suppose because it was another movie star, maybe it happened. I don't know. I just, I just, it would be just as unrealistic to me to see somebody like walk up to a, a, you know, a government official, but we've seen stuff like that before in crowds and stuff like that. But that's the level of unusual it is the uh, security wise to me. It's very unusual, but we all kind of, I think, see why that's taking place. And we haven't even gotten to the... Yeah, I mean, he's uh, in the bubble, essentially. He's sitting down in the the winner's circle. You saw how they had that separated out, the people who were clearly nominated and were clearly Mm. going to win, versus they didn't fill the rest of the audience. It didn't look anything like the... the, You know, we're still in COVID time with Oscars. It was Mm. still a very limited audience. 
perhaps there was they they didn't you know they would never expect another nominee or anyone to walk up and do that so you know maybe it's, it looks pretty real to me i'm i'm fooled by it they got me if it's fake yeah oh yeah yeah that, especially with the screaming at, at the end um, that, that was also, so, and it was so it was so sad it was so like his shouting at him from back there it was like it was like everything that Will Smith does not want to present himself as, which is a guy who didn't actually grow up on the streets at all. And yeah. it's like a total like Hollywood, like puff. And it's just yeah. like trying to act tough from the audience, like from far away. It was almost like a, like a um, high school fight where it was like, once you're out of once, once you're safe and you guys are far away from each other, the, the, the way, you know, the threats get even more re- like, uh, you know, you better not do that again. Like, it was so bad. Well, uh, Amanda, earlier you confused Chris Rock and Kevin Hart briefly, and I just want to inform you that I've just been contacted. No, I corrected myself. But, but while it you, you, you did, but I'm still saying count. because. If you haven't taken a breath, if no, you haven't taken a breath before you totally right. did that, it doesn't count because within the same breath, you fixed it. That works for me, but it doesn't work for the Royal Bank of Canada, which has which has contacted me to tell you that you will not be able to get a mortgage with them uh, due to that. So just to let you know, you have been canceled by RBC Bank. It's just wait. It's true. Did that literally just happen? <laughs> no, no. I'm making fun of cancel culture with the. Okay, the, good. Because like, I, that's, well, who knows? Dude, <laughs> as far as I know, I that know that's. That's how real it is. is I'm like, do that is how real it is. That is exactly right. Do I need to bank in Canada for any of these movies? And I'm like, <laughs> we may have to have someone else. I'm literally sitting here doing the math on that. Sorry, my sense of humor yeah. hasn't uh, awoken yet. No, no, it's it's, it's, it's early. It's, it's early for it's so. early for us all. It's early, for, yeah. but you're allowed to have humor yeah. in the morning. This is one of the phenomenons of radio. It's the right. humor is only late night or early morning. There's no humor shows at lunch. There are either the morning drive because show not, or, because nobody nobody's in the mood yet. You're like, wait a second, <laughs> I can't bank in Canada. Hang on, I have to call somebody. <laughs> um, I, I got to bounce a couple other Oscar ones off you, and then uh, anything yeah. to chime in on. But uh, the I still think the 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 craziest moment of the night, arguably, arguably even crazier, and barely anyone is even talking about this for whatever reason is when Daniel Kaluuya, who was in Get Out and a bunch of other movies, um, he was, when he, and as well as someone called H-E-R or her, who both of them are, are yeah. black. Uh, when yeah. they came out, they played Toto's Africa, which is an amazing 80s pop song, but they played this but song. That was, and, and that was really weird. What is it? Has anyone explained um, this? Okay. Like, because this would be, I, as, as I said, uh, Amanda, as I, as I said to Larry Solop, my boss, I said, Larry, if I'd programmed a show and I had done that, regardless of the explanation, <laughs> you, you would already have my resignation before you even asked for it. Like, if that would be, I would be out. Oh like, my God, was, I didn't even, I literally, I was so, I don't know how I missed that because I absolutely was watching during that moment. And I think like the rest of the audience, I was just sort of lulled into this like Oscar board, boredom that like <laughs> I like this song. And so I'm just like bopping my head and I'm like, okay, here's the next, here's the next presenters. Oh my God, but you're totally right. And there was absolutely no connecting tissue between them coming up and doing the award together besides the fact that they're both black. And then they play that song. That's really bad. 
It's it really bad. I didn't and even. Again, I got it. I didn't even notice that. That one got by me. I thought I caught all kinds of weird little things. That absolutely got by me because I was like fixated on some whatever kind of. I was sure that there's no way that many women choose to wear chartreuse. And and they had that Beyonce thing with that like lime green um, tennis yeah. court dance. By the way, talking about weird things, but it was like this extra yellow lime green color, and it sort of appeared a handful of times during the Oscars. And unless it means something, and I'm the idiot, and I don't understand what like this lime yellow chartreuse color means like it's like a sea it's like another way of like honoring ukraine or something like i don't know but the fact that it kept showing up i kept thinking it was some sort of weird like um you know new uh elite psyop they were trying to pull on me where like every time you saw chartreuse you would like try to uh you know commit murder by accident or something like um i was like why would this color be worn by so many people so i was totally confused by her dress Whoa, mind control like yeah like I, i'm sitting because that's how in normal i am is that i'm sitting watching the oscars waiting for various like mind control um Sure. Um, tip offs, but uh, maybe not. But yeah, I totally missed that song. That's insane. That's terrible. Yeah, it, it, uh, un- unbelievable. And again, that would be, you'd think that would get a little more attention, but I, I think this, people are both tuned out and just obsessed with the slapping. Uh, a semi serious one is that China blocked the Oscars broadcast. Uh, we're in a new phase of China eating Hollywood alive where they, I think they're basically satisfied with taking all the tricks of the trade that they have taken yeah, thanks done. to Joe yeah, Biden. They're building, yeah, they're done yeah, they're and they're kicking us out studios. now. That's, yeah. So I've always said that China was like the canary in the coal mine. It was the first industry for several reasons. One is you cannot have a functioning culture without a functioning mythology about itself. And that's what Hollywood is. So A, you're destroying America from the inside out and broadcasting its weakness to the world because that's all our movies do anymore. And then B, you get to have the big cinematic machine because there's nothing there's there's like, like people forget. And I mean, even I have to be told this sort of by my parents about like America's impact on the world was so through cinema. It was, it was like what, what I used to say, you know, when I was discussing this sort of old school thinking that's going on at the state department that seems to have, and other places that have sort of led us into world war three, which is the one thing you're not supposed to do. Like I know I'm just a drum, uh, a, a dumb, uh, state department Trump employee. And, uh, that like, you know, we're the worst kind, but I'm pretty sure when they hand you the keys, all they say is just don't start world war three. And that's what they did. So, um, but anyway, the, um, why was I telling that story? This is terrible. I just was on a, on a riff. I can't remember what, why I was relating that back to the Oscars, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just really, really ridiculous. It's awful. Um, I, uh, I, 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 there was, there was a few more, um, there was a few more moments that stuck out to me though, that weren't as sure. like stomach turning. Yeah, roll, roll, roll through a couple. Why was I telling the State Department story like about World War Three and that? Can do you know? I, I can't remember because, why. Like, because 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 we empowered our Hollywood and other Okay, yeah, that's why China bought everything. Yes, because obviously yeah. that's the that's and we let the them do point. it. I mean, and they're they're and they're done now. They we we were the envy of the world. It wasn't the State Department folks. 
who were keeping us out of World War Three. It was the fact that World War, I mean, uh, the Cold War was won by blue jeans and rock and roll. It's culture. Right. It's movies. It's everyone wants to be James Dean. It's the beauty. It's the glamour. It's all the stuff that American cinema was. Of course, China is going to come in first off and, and, and gobble up Hollywood because they're the easiest people to gobble up. They have no morals. They have no, uh, 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 you know, feeling of duty to the United States. They just want money. Like it's just pure, like, you know, money and not having to listen to the Republicans in their own country anymore. They can just make whatever they want. Like we don't even exist. Um, and selling things internationally. Um, and, and of course, that's the first industry that Hollywood gobbles up. And they're quite done with them now. So they're going to see what it's like slowly as these things happen, as they reject the Oscars, as they reject movie posters with diverse characters on it. All the stuff we've talked about, um, you know, and mo- multiple countries are going to do that because they can have their own Hollywood now. They can tell. And, and China, by the way, as we talked about last year, the highest the the uh, highest grossing movie was a Chinese war story mm-hmm. movie that like celebrated a great Chinese victory. It was like they sort of like it was like they cloned my dad from the eighties and like that's who's making movies for China or something. Um, it's like that's what we should be doing, but that's what they're doing. It's it's oh, it's it's so frustrating to hear this stuff. So many years later, I mean, like I said the other day, like, you know, getting briefed on like, we have a China Hollywood problem at this day and age. You're like, yeah, we had that problem when I was like five. Like, we've had that problem for a while. (laughs) Amanda Milius, the plot against the president is the movie that you should all watch. You should probably have watched it at this point. Yes, wash your eyes with plot against the president and then something with some kind of like classic beauty like put on an elizabeth taylor movie we'll do um, or... you, know, you know we'll do amanda we'll have you on soon and we can do some movies that what well, we can do um we can actually like prep for this and then we can do you you, you can roll movies through movies that we actually that like that don't make us yeah like, yeah Th- things things that Hollywood. are needed right now the palate cleansers we should do that that'd be really good you should the do palate cleansers that. yes yeah. that's the idea we should do that like the most right. like pro-america movies you can think of I love it. At Amanda Milius on Twitter as well. Her Twitter is really interesting, which is rare. Most Twitters are not interesting anymore, but that's, uh, hers is pretty good. Thanks, Amanda. We'll talk to you soon. Interesting way, a way to put it. Talk to you soon. Bye. And fun. All right. We'll be right back. We often like to feature caller of the day on the show, and today it's Aaron from West Virginia, who I think gives a sharp take on all of the aforementioned issues that we laid out at the top of the show, being front and center for our coverage of Breitbart over the weekend. And on Breitbart News Daily, take a listen. First of all, Will Smith, I think that was absolutely great. And he's one of the few famous people I like, and that's why I like him. You know what I'm saying? That's just something you don't joke about. If you joked about my wife's hair, if she had a disease where she was losing her hair, mm-hmm. like, she would have left. Like, you know, you just you just don't go there, right? Be different if she shaved her head for a movie or something. I don't think she's a movie star. But anyway. So so I so so you, you can can you are there any other diseases that you're allowed to joke about? I mean can you, no, you just no, you I mean, Aaron, you gotta understand this is a slippery slope here. You're we're on a slippery yeah, slope here. That's something what, you don't joke about. I just Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, Especially no, I, I know what everyone. you mean. 
you know. And is, is his wife even famous? Like, I don't think she is. She, she's very famous, yes. She's been in many, many movies. She's probably, probably been a couple hundred movies. Yeah. So I couldn't remember if she was or not. But anyway, I don't know. It's just something you don't joke about. You know what I'm saying? I mean, anyone yeah. with a wife knows that, right? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It's like someone lost their hair because of cancer or something. You just don't make jokes about that, you know? But anyway, as far as, like, what Joe Joe Biden said about uh, Putin, um, yeah, like I agree with you. The only reason it's not a big deal is because nobody listens to what he says. Like, I could literally follow Ozzy Osbourne better than I can follow most of what Joe Biden says. You know what I'm saying? It might yeah. be so incoherent most of the time. And, yeah, um, no, he but, he does channel his inner Ozzy during that speech. There's there's some real <laughs> slurring. That was very yeah. Osborne esque. <laughs> but he just like I just like Joe Biden always says the dumbest thing at the worst time. You know, they they were so like I remember when Trump said Rocket Boy and all this stuff and they were just like, yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Trump was I mean, he, Trump was a comedian. He was perfectly timed. He said everything at the right time. He's just a really people person. Joe Biden is just an he's just an idiot, you know what I'm saying? He always has been. This ain't nothing new. He's always been like Well, this. he's always done these things where he says something insane. I actually I don't I think it's a little different. I don't know if he's an idiot, though. I'd probably call him an idiot. I think that he's got a a he's got first of all, I think he's he's demented. He's literally his brain's deteriorating in front of us. But he's got this blind spot in his brain where he's capable of in, in, in intense stupidity. Maybe that is what being an idiot is. I don't know, but it's a I don't feel like he's always well, he's, this idiotic, but but he is this idiotic quite often. That's for sure. Socially inappropriate, but most of the time when Trump is socially inappropriate, he can pull it off and it's even funny. But with Joe Biden, it just just doesn't come off very good. And he's always been like that as far as even before his mind deteriorated. You know what I mean? No, you're right about that. It's it's right. And if you look um, back throughout history, I mean, there's so many great videos and thanks, Aaron. For that um the 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 corn pop video comes to mind but even going back to when he ran for president the first time which was i think the 70s was that when he when it was or was it the 80s but it, when he ran for president the first time at the start of his political career a billion years ago that you know when journalists would ask him tough questions he would do the same thing where he'd challenge them to you know fisticuffs and he would brag about his uh intellectual credentials and there's just uh, I'll, I'll dig some up and we have a slower news day and play some for you guys but he's always done this stuff That's all for today. Thanks to producers Haley and Greg Eben who make the show possible and all of you telling everyone about the new show, about the book Breaking the News, about Breitbart.com, whatever it is, and checking out the live show sometime, 6 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 125, the Patriot channel for all three hours. We appreciate that as well. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.